Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring producer Moraz and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Tuesday to you. It is a trash Tuesday, so let us know who or what is bugging you. And we'll get to those trashes over the course of the morning. In 20 minutes, we are stunned to a news. In 40 minutes, some very foul words about Larry Bird from one Dennis Rodman. I don't know how much credibility Dennis Rodman has these days, but it's worth discussing. Also, more trashes, as I mentioned. As I just said, right now in Vegas, the Packers have the longest odds at winning the NFC North. And one of their offensive linemen went on Good Morning Football the other day and said, we are the best team in the NFC North. We're going to prove it, and we want to be one of the best teams in the NFC. Now, maybe that's a stretch. You're breaking in Jordan Love. Last year, they missed the postseason altogether. And so calling them the best in the NFC is a stretch. That sounds like just a guy that has to say, no, we're good. Take us seriously. But... In a division with the trendy Lions, who are the favorites, the Vikings, who have picked apart their roster, seemingly understanding that last year was a bit of a a ruse, and a Bears team that has been really wretched over the last couple of seasons, are the Packers a good wager option as the longest odds win the NFC North? I believe they're plus 480 right now, plus 480. If you think the Packers are winnable for the NFC North, this is what I would say. The Lions have the most momentum coming out of last year, and rightfully so. A coach that clearly connects to his players, a quarterback that was better than advertised when he came over to Detroit, some good drafts in a row now, a fun offense, And a team that is feeling itself. And it's been a long time since the Lions had any bit of institutional confidence. And Dan Campbell's created that. So the Lions have the most momentum. And on paper, yeah, I think they're probably the best team of the division. 
but I don't think it's a huge drop-off in talent between the Lions and the Packers. Now, the Packers might have no momentum. Rodgers leaves, the way last season ended, questions about the roster, how much did Rodgers end up elevating the team? Maybe some, maybe none. But I understand why people are down to the Packers. A complete unknown at quarterback is a pretty huge complete unknown. And the other three teams of the division certainly have more known commodities. Even Justin Fields is a more known commodity at quarterback than you have in Green Bay. However, we don't know if the Bears have a good head coach. And we don't even really know what the Vikings are because last year seemed to be out of nowhere. How'd they get this good? Then, oh, wait, they lost to the Giants in the NFC playoffs. What does that really mean? And then letting Dalvin Cook walk, et cetera. I think a lot of us think that the Vikings will come back down to earth this year, which leaves, to me, not much of a gap between whoever's going to win the division and Lions and Packers talent-wise, I, I don't think. There's a lot of talent of the Packers, and they're not far removed from being the one seed of the NFC. They're 17 games removed from that. So I think it's a – look, do I think it's smart if you're the Packers to be talking about a national TV, we're the best team in the division? I don't think you need to go there. We're the best team in the NFC? No, you're, no, you're not. But do I think there's a huge gap between the Packers and the rest of the division or the Lions and everybody else? I do not. And so, yeah, I think the Packers are plus 480 are a fine, a fine play. Out of all of the teams of that division, you could make a convincing argument any of them could win the NFC North, that all of them are around a 9-8 and eight team, and that the best any of them will be is 10-7, and seven, and the worst any of them will be is 7-10, and 10, and that an injury here, a break there, you face a team on a short week for them, you're well-rested, They've got a banged-up quarterback. You've got a healthy quarterback or something like that, and suddenly you win that game, and now suddenly 8-9 and becomes 9-8, and and then, boom, you win one more game, and you're a 10-win team, you win the division. I don't think that that's that far off in the NFC North. Whereas, plus 480 for the Packers. I, I think it's a great bet. I think it's a great value bet. I, I think we've officially hit the football offseason's gone too long portion where – I totally buy into, like, the Lions should be the favorites, but I think we also now calm down on the Lions a little bit. Doesn't it feel like that? Like, everybody just assumes they will win the division. They're this great team. They're opening. They've gone somehow in the matter of three months from extremely lovable, trendy pick to, okay, everybody relax on the Lions a little bit. And as far as the rest of the division, I agree with you. Vikings clearly look like they're trying to tank this thing out and sell out a little bit. The Bears might be another year away, but they are still an intriguing value play if Justin Fields rises to that level. The Packers were right there for a winner-take-all game in Week 17. I mean, that they lost to the Lions Week 18. And Aaron Rodgers might have been the worst player on the field that night. 
Do we know for sure that Jordan Love is going to suck without Aaron Rodgers in that locker room now and the full chance to play this? I mean, he was a first-round pick, and although it wasn't the right fit for the Packers, it wasn't like he was a projected fourth-rounder before the Packers took him. People thought he had huge upside, and the thought being he'd be ready in a couple years to be a real starter. So I'm not saying he will or won't be good, but at plus 480, there's a chance Jordan Love's actually pretty good this year, and Dobbs and Watson take that next step as second-year receivers. You'll hear me say this quite a bit over the course of this offseason. I don't think the Packers are taking a huge step backward at quarterback this upcoming year. Certainly, love is an unknown, and Rodgers is a proven commodity. Not going to argue with that. Rodgers will be in the Hall of Fame one day. We have no idea about Jordan Love. But Rodgers last year, when they lost games, was a huge part of the problem. It wasn't like he was going out there slinging for 380 and the defense was giving up 37 points. When they were bad, he was bad. Now, you can blame that on young wide receivers, fine. But I think that Rodgers also was mentally checked out of that job in that place. And if Jordan Love is checked in and those wide receivers have another year of experience and maybe Matt LaFleur and the powers that be there, it's easier to work with and design an offense for Jordan Love because he's all in and you know where he's supposed to be instead of freelancing or demanding this guy plays or this guy get more touches or what have you, it might make everybody's life a little bit easier. My point is that last year the Packers were 8-9. and nine. If this team is 8-9 and nine again with Jordan Love, I don't think that that's that crazy of a stretch. And that quarterback from last year to this year, might not actually be that big of a difference. Derek Carr, he leaves the Raiders last year, and there is some thought that they did Derek Carr dirty, that Derek Carr should not have been benched or at odds with the front office and coaching staff last year. And then the last two games, he should have had the respect to get those final two games of starts, and he could have said goodbye to the fans and goodbye to his his Raider days. Bogues, do you think that they did Carr dirty last year? No, because he's Derek Carr. <laughs> like, he wanted to play two more games so he could wave goodbye in those two games? Pretty much. Yeah, no, sorry. That's not how this works. Carr was benched for the last two games last year because the team didn't want him to get injured because then a failed physical would have been guaranteed money this year for him. So they wanted to protect that. They knew they were moving on. Whereas did Derek Carr deserve more than he got from the Raiders? No, he didn't. I hate to steal Bogus's line. He's Derek Carr. The Raiders are a historic organization. Derek Carr, I think, was a good quarterback, maybe an underappreciated quarterback by the organization, but... Also, football doesn't really lend itself to, like, the goodbye, pull a player out. It's very awkward on a football field. That's not—you can't really perfect that because if you're winning the game, then what, you're going to kneel, they're just cheering the team. It's not like baseball where a guy comes out of a game or you pinch it and you give him the round of applause. Football goodbyes are weird. Carr said, I was, for lack of a better term, very upset. I was mad. You spend nine years in a place, you have all the records— you can play at a high level and for something to get in the way, whether it was for whatever reason, money-related or whatever, injury-related, I would have said I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans. I didn't get that opportunity. 
So it definitely lit a fire inside me going forward. Derek Carr cares more than his talent reflects. He wants to be loved. He cared about being the Raiders quarterback, and that's great. But echoing what both of you said, it's not like Derek Carr was great enough to get the credit he wishes he would get. He wasn't Daryl LaMonica. He wasn't Ken Stabler. He wasn't even Rich Gannon. He's just another okay Raiders. He was better than a lot of Raiders quarterbacks because they had a lot of trash there. But not great enough to deserve the farewell tour. It probably is uncomfortable. Business oftentimes is. We've seen that up close and personal here. Sometimes <laughs> business is messy. We have. But... Yeah, it's not like Derek Carr was so deserving of a farewell tour. It wasn't like he was Kareem. I mean, it's just such an odd request and an odd, like, insult that he's taking it here. Yeah, but even if he was any of those other Raiders that you mentioned, if he was on his way out and they were protecting themselves from getting locked into money that they didn't want to pay, that still would have been okay. Like, that's part of the deal. Like, he signed that contract. His agent negotiated it that way. He can say, well, I wouldn't have taken the money. He had to take the money. You can't just... You know, wave off contractual rights and whatnot. This is just what happens. I don't. I don't understand why he's so insulted by this. And also, I hate to be this guy, but it plays into the theme of the age. The Raiders have not been in Vegas that long, okay? And I know that the Raiders are more of, and they have a good fan base in Vegas now, and all of this. Do you think anybody in those final two home games showed up to Allegiant Stadium and is sitting there in the two months that have followed whatever happened in those games? saying to themselves, I really hate that the Raiders didn't allow us to say goodbye to Derek Carr, or is this more Derek Carr saying, I hate that I couldn't? Because that's what it comes down to. If the fans really don't care that they didn't get to say goodbye to those last two games, which I really, I have a hard time believing they do, not that they didn't like him, then it feels really egotistical for David Carr or Derek Carr to feel that way. Derek Carr was the best thing about a bad Raiders team for a long time, but you still don't really get to call your shots, and he wished that he could call his shots, which you understand, but again... Derek Carr has said some weird things and done some weird things that was supposed to reflect this type of passion and loyalty that, I don't know, it's like when he was crying on the field. I'm not crying. Well, that was crying. Or I'm just, I care so much. I, nobody cares more than me. Derek Carr's passion sometimes gets twisted, and it feels like that's what this is. He yeah, said, People who cry at the workplace, just weird. He mm. said, quote, Very odd. I've survived about 20 coaches but that's how it goes and it is what it is. So I think he viewed himself as the one constant amongst the dysfunction and that he should be rewarded for that. And in some ways, yes, he should be credited with being a constant in the middle of a Vegas turmoil or Raiders turmoil. He, but, was, re he was rewarded with that with a big fat contract, uh, a contract that a lot of people can say he didn't deserve. Yeah, and when you're about to move on, if Derek Carr was a future Hall of Famer, like, does Tom Brady deserve two farewell games? Yeah. Yes, that 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 feels right. Does Derek Carr deserve? Now, remember, last year people thought that they were doing him dirty. In the middle of the season, people were like, how could you do that? Derek Carr's been a good soldier. I don't know. Again, he's like fifth best quarterback in Raiders franchise history. Does that does the fifth best in your franchise history deserve farewell tour? No. The Raiders were going in one direction.
what's that a joke for? Derek. They're going a different direction. One direction. Oh, God. It's mm. not funny. Just to get that, I actually think that wasn't too boring. You try to rhyme Derek with direction? Yeah, one direction. Well, let's see, that's the problem is you didn't say it that way the first time. You said one direction like the band. Yeah. So it was a playoff of the band and the direction they were going. But the you didn't did. sell the Derek part of direction no, well. Ah, yeah. It was so bad. We didn't know if you were telling a joke. Yeah, yeah. it was just because of your setup and pose. Exactly. And, and pause. The pause. Mm-hmm. The pause. So you asked me, DA, how things have been the last couple of days. That's how they've been. So a lot of those. Time. I mean, rapid fire. Nonstop. Got to get them in. I think the tuba, tuba man is trying out for uh, the uh, the position as well. Now, let's be respectful. You're saying that Morty is moving on? I think he's tried out for the uh, from Rats' position. He's really, oh, I see. He's really Morty working. wants the producer position. He's really working that tuba. That would be an upset. Morty was sitting in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're not going to have a tuba for you over there. Nah. Will you try bad jokes over there? I think I got to try everything I've tried here and see what sticks. Just unload the the toolbox. Here's what I got. Let's come back and revisit in a month what you liked and what you didn't like. But please call me Sean. Sean Morash. (laughs) I'm going to have to grunt really hard and and go in my pants. I'm going to have to do the Mm one-liners. I'll make sure I pick up a chocolate chip off the ground, pop that in my mouth. I'll do the what language do they speak in Brazil Here's thing. Here's all the plays that worked yeah. for me the last 10 <laughs> no years doubt. across the hall. We've no joked doubt. that we should have some kind of like textbook, some kind of history of this show. They need that now. They need the Sean playbook. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid found a way to use Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, it happens. <laughs> the playbook is about the size of an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Quick it addendum w- for Sniffleupagus today. It will, it will be interesting. Do the bosses think... That you just pick up Mraz, add water, and... Change his name. And, and that's it? Like, <laughs> yeah. then you get all the poop stuff? Is that what... Why, did, why does it feel like you think I'm only hired for the poop stuff specifically? <laughs> because I know the boss that made this decision loved that moment right. from you. He loves that yeah. stuff from you. He loves all the crazy viral stuff. Yeah. He wanted you doing the devil sweeping thing, the gentleman's mop. That was like his favorite bit ever. Right, they didn't hire you for your sports minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the post also, I think, either wrote in a credit to me or a bad thing about me that I reveal everything and anything about my life. So we'll see if that works over there. Mm-hmm. The post is non-committal on Sean's role with the show. Sounds about right. Yeah. Which my mom was not happy with the post. <laughs> what did she think? What does this mean if it works? Why won't it work? I'm like, calm down, Mom. Calm down. So she's already written a letter to the editor. So the Post is posing a question of whether the Mraz stuff will work on a different channel. Correct. Uh, if I may, um, Morash will contribute to the show, though he won't be on the marquee. We don't know for sure if it will work for Morash. He adds some personality, but he has a willingness to reveal anything about himself. I don't know what that means. Some personality. It's some personality. But I guess to your point, is it the poop stuff? Is that the personality? Well, I mean, right? That's kind of where your personality is. It's the quote poop stuff. Terrible way to define it, but it is. 
And I plan to do a longer soliloquy about Mraz when we get into the final weeks of this because I have just so many thoughts on this. Oh, no. But you do, you have this incredibly unique intersection of real person with cartoon character. And the poop stuff is the cartoon character part. And people, when we go to Boise or I'm out or whatever, they go, is Mraz real? When I went down to Baltimore, that was the big question. Is Mraz real? Is he for real? And I always say this. Mraz is real, but he leans into it on the air. All that mm -hmm. stuff is really who he is. But, like, does that happen every minute of every day of every conversation? No. It's it's heightened for on-air showmanship. So, that, so if Mraz is this kind of combination of zany cartoon character with very good sports mind, no doubt about it. And they want the personality. So what's the hallway to get to the personality? The you poop can, stuff. You can do <laughs> you can do sports stuff all day long, no doubt about it. But the quote personality is a totally different hallway from the sports stuff. Mm -hmm. And you got to find a way to walk that and to walk down. And it, so that's what I'm interested in. And it doesn't happen overnight either. It didn't happen overnight on this show. No, it didn't. It took a few worry. months for us to feel each other out. And I was like, oh, this works. This doesn't. This is weird, but we can use this here. So when the post says that, it's like some personality. Well, if you want Mraz's personality, like the best thing he does is says and does things nobody else would ever admit to. We've all said this. When he soiled his pants... If any of us did it, which we wouldn't because we are adult men. Correct. We would certainly not admit it, mm -mm. nor run to the bathroom in some type of zany Bugs Bunny hair on fire situation. Correct. And then come back, bend over to look, be like, look at what happened. <laughs> <laughs> look at what happened. Again. Again. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you, that is a thing that you need to massage or mm -hmm. understand. It's it's like giving gremlins water and food after midnight. You know, it's <laughs> it becomes a whole thing. Yeah. And like the sum, well, you don't just plot Mraz in there, get his take on the Giants running back situation, then it'd be like, oh, well, let's get some of the poop stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that's its own huge mushroom cloud. Let's clarify, uh -huh. let's clarify the red, white, and blue team. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. A it's quarterback also, that rhymes with bones. Give your take on that and then do a fart sound. That's what they're looking for, right? <laughs> he threw but, it for 300 yards. <laughs> <laughs> but the fart ba -da -ba 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 -ba. sound. It's Ebony Tiki. With Mraz. <laughs> we can't call huh? Mraz. That's the personality. The personality is named Mraz, and they've already killed the name. Corporate Mraz. <laughs> they made him wear a suit, too. I, well, that was a joke, apparently. Oh, really? They know their target audience. <laughs> yeah. And now I got pictures coming up Thursday. I don't know what to wear. I already used my only suit. And there's a picture day coming up? Yeah, they're taking pictures for the website. I don't know. Do I just come in the Tanaka shirt? I don't know what to do here. Why wasn't last week the pictures for the website? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they, got me burning, they got me burning a path back and forth here. <laughs> you know, like I live 10 blocks from the, 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 the office. I have someone standing in with you. Yeah. So what was the gag about the suit last week? Just to see if they could get him to wear a suit. Oh. Yeah, because they've never seen me dress nice. And I showed up and they had Tiki purposely underdress for the hoodie. And my favorite part remains that you have a suit. A suit. 
awesome. and, I, and my dad wasn't around, so I couldn't tie my tie, so I came in without a tie. <laughs> Falling up. Oh, man, that is good. Well, that's a little bit of personality right there. That's, yeah. that's some. You can bring that anecdote to the air, and then that's not necessarily the poop stuff. Yeah. But you really, I mean, I feel like I'm leaving here with a legacy of being the poop guy. Yeah. Which, again, <laughs> what? if the poop fits. As <laughs> always, says, why am I the poop guy? <laughs> well, because 65% of the crazy things you do have involved right. that. Well, I mean, we're, we might play back some clips over the next three years. How many of them are going to be poop-related? I don't know. Too many. <laughs> We're gonna have a whole montage. Is gonna yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure of the raw number, but it definitely falls under too many of them. The raw number. <laughs> What's the raw data? Forty fifth percentile. <laughs> See, my new concern now. You like to say in your defense of Canadian bacon <laughs> that Boyle and then all those guys benefit from just coming in every once in a while. That if they did a day to day, they'd get exposed. Yeah. The fan loves. Gentleman's mop, but there's a lot to mop up in between that they might not love because we know they're not paying attention all the time. So you better yeah. have a lot of mop material. Yeah, a lot of gentleman mop stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Whatever happens, happens. And you know what? My contract's up in two years. I'll come back. <laughs> Tail between now. the legs. Wait Move over, now. Jack. What a storyline that would be if in two years we have to absorb Mraz back. <laughs> well, he thought Freddie Freeman had sulked his way back to the Braves yesterday. So that would be, you'd be the next Freddie Freeman. Braves, Dodgers, to Braves. to find out Freeman was still on the Dodgers yesterday. You thought he went Braves, Dodgers, Braves? Yeah. I thought we did a story, just like you guys did with Lady Bing. I thought we did a story where he got his way back to the Braves and he was upset. No, no, that's when he was upset about his agent who yeah. didn't give him... He said, or no, Doug said, Gottlieb said, right, right. Well, it was misinterpreted, but that was the story about him going back to LA or going back to Atlanta rather as a Dodger and everybody thinking he really wanted to be a brave. Yeah. And yesterday when Freeman, we played the 2008, I said, wait a minute, he's still in the Dodgers. I thought he went back to the Braves. No, no he never went back. <laughs> no, but then again, you couldn't remember who won the world series last yeah. year. <laughs> Going to have to get on that. Or which Turner is which. And they won't over there because <laughs> the poop yeah. stuff. <laughs> when we come back we are stunned to a news da cbs sports radio call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I was under the impression that when we make the wings, the reason we have so many is we cut one wing off and it does grow back. DA on CBS Sports Radio. 
three minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to us on the free Odyssey app or on the free CBS Sports app. Either one is good. Take us with you on the go. The Defensive Player of the Week, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. Proudly serving the Armed Forces DOD. Veterans and their families, they're members of the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Ellie De La Cruz, I love this guy. During his history-making cycle on Friday night. Yes, he's hit a cycle. He's been up in the bigs for like two weeks. This phenom made an unbelievable catch in left field as well. The Reds' first cycle since 1989. He has helped lead them to a 12-game win streak. Now, they've lost three in a row since. But they were on a 12-game win streak. And they sold out Great America, which they never do. So, Ellie De La Cruz has just been everything and more. Do we know who the last red cycle was? Was it Eric Davis? 89? It was. It was Eric Davis. Davis in his prime, you remember Bogues, was mm-hmm. just freaking phenomenal. He was a 5 tool everything. Injuries really kind of broke him down for the last part of his career, but probably between 85 and 90 or so, Eric Davis was one of the five best all-around players in Major League Baseball that nobody ever talks about. He was out outrageously talented. Yes. Um, and had weird injuries. Didn't he like lacerate his like liver or kidney making a catch somehow or something like that? Sounds right. But he was almost those Reds teams were fun. Late Chris Sabo with the goggles at third base, late yep. 80s, early 90s Reds. And don't forget John Sadak, TV voice of the Reds, on the show tomorrow morning. 9.20 a.m. Eastern. To talk a little Ellie Dela Cruz. Of course. That's another guest that Bogus booked. Mm. Yeah. Another. That's all I got this week. The first one he's booked. Everybody relax. Thank you. I'm appreciative that Bogus helped out here. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. Make me useful this week. We would have a guest. Moist pork is trashing the mulberry tree in his backyard. This summer it has dropped way more berries than I ever remember. Now my backyard is one giant mush of grass, dirt, and smelly mulberries. We have purple shoe prints all over my deck and house. Get it out. Household waste goes in this bin. Feels like a very moist pork trash. I just said that to Peter. This feels so moist porkish. <laughs> it's so funny. The mulberry tree. I didn't even know mulberries were real berries. They're delicious. Yeah, you have a mulberry? I don't. My parents did. When we were growing up, we had a mulberry tree probably until I was like 12. I don't know what happened to it. Well, mulberries are delicious. You don't, you can't buy them anywhere. I don't well, know where they come from besides if you have a tree in your backyard. Well, that's what I was going to say. So are those the berries you think might be poisonous that some might not eat? Is that why maybe, I'm not familiar? Maybe some people. Because at Thanksgiving, nobody brings the mulberry pie. No, but boy, delicious. Now, I don't know about moist porks, mulberries. Ty- Hopefully they're moist Damn. and not pork. <laughs> Tyler says, I'm trashing parents who allow their kids who are blatantly too old for things like children, museums, pools, playgrounds to run amok in the toddler areas. If your idiot kid knocks over my two-year-old or cuts in front of my four-year-old, they're going to get hip-checked. Hashtag get him out. What a beatdown. Amen. Yeah. You've seen this. Oversized kids where they shouldn't be. You know me. I'm not one for confrontation, but the the neighborhood pool that we have has like a little kiddie pool and like it's I don't know 18 inches of water so you can like drop your toddler in there they can sit on their butt and they can just do whatever and but because it's it's so shallow it's actually fun to like run through because it's almost like you're walking on water and you're like 
kicking and splashing. So you do, and it's fenced off. So it's really separate from the real pool. And when we first moved there, we took my daughter when she was, I don't know, two or three, and she'd be sitting there minding her own business. And these kids would like run through to have fun. And they were 10, 11, 12. They could have thumped her. It's like, what, how, who raised you? Mm-hmm. It's one thing, it's empty, you go have fun. But you're running around, being a jerk, running around tiny little kids. Bad job. Bad same, job. Same thing happened to Timmy at the park. Same situation. He was, he was. Getting uh, roughed up, no, bigger he, kids. He was trying to play like he always does. And you have like 10, 11, 12 year olds, you know, swinging really hard on the swings. Right. And, and, you know, possibly hurting. Because you feel like a giant yeah. on the little kid yeah. stuff. But then you got to do it when there's nobody there. Right. Not when the actual kids are there. And my oh. park has like signs. Like this is specifically for kids under six. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't okay. be on this if you're, under, if you're over six. But if there's no signs, then it's free game. But you still should know better. Like it's one thing to like you should know that you're putting other people in risk at risk by your behavior. The world is is people's oyster. If there's a playground, <laughs> no, there are rules. Pat. But if there's a playground, and I'm a ten year old and I see a four year old, I'm not going to not play on the playground because there's a four year old on it. You can be careful around the four year old. Exactly. You don't have to climb the slide upward. Yeah. Right. I, I, that that, that doesn't me. seem to be the problem. The problem with that gentleman's tweet seems to be that he just doesn't like that there's older kids on the playground. He's like running amok. They're rough hat. They're not playing by the rules right. of the playground. What are the rules of the playground? It's a playground. There rules. are no rules. The rules don't are like play somewhere else when there's a four year old on a slide. Right. The rule coexisting is like don't leapfrog my kid while you're playing manhunt right. in the playground with your friends. Exactly. Go smoke weed behind Seven Eleven like all the other kids. Exactly. That age. At, at ten years old, <laughs> you were smoking weed at ten. You'd think he was by his diet. (laughs) (laughs) Robin Topeka is trashing people who back into the parking stalls at Sonic. Not only can we hear your music, but now everyone gets to look at you. Get them out. (laughs) I smell rotten eggs. (laughs) Is this happening? That's another lawless place, Sonic. Sonic. So how is that? I guess the passenger would have to do the ordering because the way the the big screen is is by the driver's side. Right. That's odd. They're not made. They're usually angled. They're not made for that. No. Who's doing that? That... True savages are backing into <laughs> spots at Sonic. <laughs> All right, standing by with headlines. Here's Pat Boyle. All right, DA, we start in Omaha where the purple and gold are the kings of college baseball. No balls, two strikes. The wind of the pitch. Swing and a miss. It's over. And it's lucky number seven for LSU, their seventh national championship. Kevin Kugler, Westwood One Sports, the LSU. Go Jaggers! Our national champions. They annihilated Florida in game three of the men's college world series, 18 to four. Their 24 hits college world series record. Their 14 run win largest margin of victory in a title game. They also have the projected number one and number two overall picks in the upcoming MLB draft outfielder, Dylan Cruz and pitcher, Paul Skeens. Pretty damn good year for LSU. NHL awards last night. Connor McDavid. SEC, a- by the way, has won four consecutive national championships. And I think it was six out of seven. Yeah, they're Dis- pretty good at football and baseball. Yeah, disappointing though. This is a they set multiple records for close, like one run games up until yes. this weekend, and had twenty four to four and eighteen to four to close yeah. things out. Wild. Yeah, and that's the one part about college baseball that's hard for me to get around is that there's like routinely games played in the high teens and sometimes twenties. Feels very unbaseball esque. It does. They've also they've they've implemented a lot of pitch clock rules this year. They sped the game up, so they've dead in the bats a little bit too, right? Yeah. Like, well, the 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 BB core bats those have been in place since I was in high school. Okay. 
Because you just said, I mean, the old bats were lethal. Right. I used to feel like a man amongst boys when I was 12 <laughs> years old. The, the bats we used to use, I barely would even hit the ball and boof, fly. Right. Now it just sounds like a, I hate the noise they make. The ping? Ping. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, NHL Awards last night. Connor McDavid has a farm for all his MVPs. Oh! <laughs> Pretty good. The Oilers superstar won his third hard trophy. is here. <laughs> Oilers superstar won his third hard trophy last night, getting all but one possible first place vote. We mentioned the moron that voted him fifth. Uh, David Posternock finished second. Eric Carlson of the Sharks, he won the Norris Trophy as the best defender. We had some fun with the Lady Bing Trophy, but here's a real award. Penguins defenseman Chris Letang won the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy as the player who, quote, best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Nice. End quote. That's a real award. But and in case you forgot, Letang suffered a stroke for the second time in his life during the season. Wow. And then also mourned the death of his dad within a span of four weeks. Mm. So wow. it's a nice, I guess, a good ending you know, to the year for Chris Letang. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what was a tough year? Mm -hmm. Over to the major leagues, the O's. They were chirping last night. Ground ball up the middle, and it will get on through. Into center field. Mateo scores. Hayes behind him. It's a two-RBI base hit for Rutschman, and it's a 10-3 Baltimore lead. Would have been nice to hear the crack of the bat in that highlight. Orioles radio, there was a lengthy <laughs> rain delay at Camden Yards, and the O's brought the rain on the Reds. 10-3 the final. Uh, speaking of your guy, Ellie De La Cruz, he went hitless. Uh, but five Baltimore hitters had multi-hit games, including Adley Rutschman, who you heard in that highlight. Uh, and I mentioned yesterday Jordan Westberg, O's number three prospect. He made his debut, one for four with an RBI and a run. Shohei Otani at his MLB best 26th home run. Mike Trout scored on a wild pitch to walk off the White Sox. Angels win 2-1. to one. And it got a little sweaty for Paul Seawald at SeaWorld. He came in with the bases loaded. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted to add SeaWorld for some reason. That's good. It didn't really make sense, but came in with the bases loaded with two outs in the ninth inning, struck out Heimer Candelario with a backdoor sweeper. Mariners hold on to beat the Nats 8-4. Uh, we mentioned the NBA news yesterday. No, not Naz Reed getting a contract extension, but the Hawks trading John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay in a future second-round pick. And, uh, yeah, they didn't want to pay Collins the 26 mil per year that he was due over the next three years. And with that... Let's get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. So here's the first stunning part of the news. There is a world's ugliest dog competition. Yeah. Dog. Dog. Um, the second part of the stunning news is the dog that won it uh, was even uglier than I could have imagined. <laughs> Scooter, who's a Chinese crested pup, Ooh. he took home the top prize. This dog is hideous. Yeah. He is horrendous looking. Yeah. Um, but he won the trophy, and I guess it was a pretty pretty good story for him because he was almost euthanized oh. when he was uh, born. You know, they basically rescued him from the well, what's the name of the group? S A F E Safe. Oh, I don't know. I had it right here, and I lost it. But anyway, yes. yeah. So he, Saving he was born. animals from euthanasia, S-A-F-E, safe. Yeah, so he was born basically without the use of his uh, back, his hind legs. They were oh, deformed. Wow. So he has walked on his two front legs for most of his life. Wow. He also, the tongue hangs out. 
like out of a straight out of a cartoon. Yeah. And he's basically yeah. hairless other than scraggly wisps of white hair around his head. Very good descriptor because I was going to say, like, how do we describe how ugly he is? There's a different pooch that wins this every year, although one one of those had the title for many, many years. Do we think this is nice? I mean, they're holding the dog up. It's not. Like, it's a... <laughs> It's a wonderful moment for the dog, but you're you're calling the dog the ugliest dog in the world. Yes, we right. would never have that no, for a human, would we? You can't have that take, DA. You can't have that take. You can't have the take that a horse doesn't know it wins the Kentucky Derby and then feel bad for the dog being awarded the world's ugliest look. He doesn't know what he's winning. Thank you. He's being awarded an award to him. It's making him happy. He doesn't know what the world's calling him the world's ugliest dog. He's yeah. actually, he's living a hard enough life that people are giving him side eyes. At least he feels like he's being rewarded a little bit and he doesn't know what for. Oh, that I guess that's fair, but maybe there's a better way to frame it for humans so that we don't have to call animals ugly. How about this? If you nominate your dog to be in this, you have the dog taken away. You have the dog taken away? Yeah. Why should you be a dog owner of an ugly dog if you're trying to promote how ugly they are? Well, so you're he, looking to hurt their feelings. So here's no. the thing: the, the contest has taken place for over 50 years, and the you know the article that I found on USA Today, you know, saying that the, the contest is not about mockery, but it's about celebrating the imperfections that make all dogs special and unique. All right. While also crap. advocating for adoption. So well, that's good. But we're also calling them ugliest dog in the world. I would feel a little weird standing around like, yeah, look how ugly this son of a you know is. <laughs> I yeah. Give give the thing what? a better name. Scooter? Uh, no, because it scoots oh. around. It doesn't use its back legs. Scooter. They, they, they the finally contest. got it. Give the contest you a know better the, name. You know what the real problem is? Maybe the dog should be taken away because the owner, who, if this is the woman in the picture, she could also win this competition. <laughs> they just got it. The, the dog is... <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. It should be a joint contest. Yes. Ugliest person and ugliest dog. The dog is seven years old. They only just recently got him, like, the little wheel cart for him to walk with. That's ridiculous. Six years you've been letting the dog just... Strangle and and struggle to walk like that? Take it away. CBS Sports Radio, August 1st. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) What does that mean? Life without me. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This, I, I was waiting for the day this would happen. That Mraz would sit back and say, you'll miss me when I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, why are you saying that? Because I'm, I'm describing this, this I'm just, article. I'm just I'm enjoying this the same way Dixieland Dan will. That's all. I'm a fan. What does that mean? Dixieland I'm making a joke. He's above us. He's above us. I'm thumbing my nose. I'm thumbing my nose at the yeah, personality a, on the show. He just said me. that you're not as good as him. Right. Yeah. He's being a loser. That without you don't have his poop stuff, so your best material is calling us Lady Ugly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Pete. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's not going to help you in the interview process. Nope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. I don't love this contest because this dog has no use of its back legs, and now we're giving him an award because he's ugly? Let's make fun of it. I mean, yeah. Why can't we call him the most unique-looking dog or something along the the, the most 
charismatic dog. I, I don't in know. A world, in a world where everyone gets offended, we, 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 no. we're still doing Yes, because Pete, don't... guess what? He's a dog. He's not capable yeah, no, of being I, offended. I agree. You guys no. are missing the starting Ridiculous. point here. He has Ridiculous. no feelings in this the regard. The dog is sick. He doesn't okay. understand that, that's what's true. going on around that's true. him. But, but should we have <laughs> world's ugliest baby competition? No, it's different because dogs are the one species on planet Earth that are so damn ugly, they're cute. Yeah, everybody with their nose up in ugly the air. Ugly works for dogs. Everybody with their nose up in Would the air. Would you have liked if Peyton was called? Called I called her Leon Lett. Most yeah, likely to true. look. I know. <laughs> Would you have liked it if, if somebody gave her the award most likely to look like Danny DeVito? Would you have liked that? No, but it's a human being. Well, she didn't know. She could ba be offended. Babies cannot be so so ugly they're cute. Dogs can be. You ever see a, a pug with its eyes bulging out of its mouth? And you're like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> you do like that same thing at the same time. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Find another contest. <laughs> That's a, a, a totally buffoonery. Oh, this this dog's sick. <laughs> it's sickening. It's totally sickening. The dog's sick, and we're making fun of the dog because it's ugly. But they're not actually making fun of the oh, dog. They're up. celebrating the dog. Shut up. No. No. They're not celebrating the dog. You they're showing the dog's ugly. They're holding all that lion can to show them off. They absolutely are celebrating Scooter. Oh, come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Here's you being offended by Enough. a dog. One judge said, in the cutest way possible, Scooter reminds me of a hairy hippopotamus. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's celebrating the dog. Give me a break. <laughs> that's awful. They should change the contest, and they should take away those dog, those dogs from those owners for, for being stupid. And don't call them tutties. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, Larry Legend gets slammed. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. We appreciate you dropping on by. And a reminder, you can watch the show at watchda.com. That's mobile friendly. Or on YouTube. All episodes are archived there and on Twitch. I, mean, I don't know how much you can take seriously from Dennis Rodman these days. I mean, he's starting to look like Antonio Brown's grandma. But... He told Vlad TV, quote, if Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe. There's no way he could beat LeBron one-on-one. -on -one. LeBron versus Larry Bird is an interesting concept because I think LeBron versus anybody throughout history is an interesting concept because LeBron's just built in a different way of a different mold and generation of athleticism that just never existed before. We've never seen that somebody that large, that powerful. Magic is a close comp, but Magic didn't have ferocious, powerful dunking abilities like LeBron does. So LeBron just built like a dump truck, but also plays like a guard. And so that's kind of like not a fair fight for anybody. But I think the bigger question is, Dennis Rodman played against prime Larry Bird. Would Larry Bird be in Europe today? I want to discuss this, and we'll do some baseball with Brian Kenny coming up next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.